strips slit from top to bottom three four times and odysseus was at the prow of his ship watching for some friendly sign of land there a cluster of birds rising like ash from a bonfire hung in the sky over a yellow coastline look and praise the gods there's rest and food and fresh water for you lean on your oars and let the first crew ashore be the first to go foraging in each ship the oars rattled home between their thole pins and forty-four wooden blades sliced white slits in the creamy ocean the lead ship moved forward with such a leap that the cockerel on the stern odysseus's own mascot was unbalanced and spread its speckled wings and threw back its scarlet comb and crowed with all its might the shores of the island were turquoise where the sea spread transparent skirts over soft white sand the ships slipped ashore with such ease that the weary sailors could simply step over the sides and throw themselves down on the warm white dunes beneath the shade of palm trees most fell asleep then and there but the first crew to step ashore was eager to press inland to find what lay beyond a green clump of palms be careful said odysseus find out what people or beasts live here they may be unfriendly they may be frightened by five hundred strangers on their shores tread carefully so the foraging party agreed to take care and to return by nightfall with news of the land's people and animals and plants on the beach odysseus lay down and waited as the sun went down and the low light poured thick as honey through the sea lanes and dry land pathways he watched for his crew to return night fell over land and sea alike and a million stars cascaded but the crew of the first ship did not come and did not come and did not ever come do you think they've been ambushed lord asked polites captain of the tenth ship or maybe wild animals have eaten them or trapped them somewhere in the darkness. Bring your crew, and we'll go and see. But let us be stealthy. Remember how we had to fight the Sicones in Thrace when they had us outnumbered. I don't want to lose more good men in fighting. So, without helmets or swords to clatter, the second party crept off the beach and inshore, through thickly and more thickly wooded pathways. They could hear the pretty tinkling of fresh water. In the darkness they could smell the thick, sweet smell of coconut. And as they felt their way, the plush skins of hanging fruit brushed their hands and faces, and overarching blossoms dropped petals in their hair. All at once dawn stood in the sky and let fall strands of golden light like curls of hair. Odysseus and his company found themselves on the edge of a beautiful clearing, where a glistening pool lay full of early morning sunlight. Stretched out on its shores, in their dark and gleaming skin, lay smiling men and women, and in among them, their sword-belts unfastened and their helmets full of fruit, sprawled the crew of the first boat. Raucous laughter flew back and forth across the pool, and the light flashed on the rims of bronze bowls piled high with succulent fruit. A girl was picking still more from the overhanging trees, 
so soft and ripe it was that the juice ran down her arms. She carried it to the sprawling Greeks, who crammed it into their mouths and threw the stones, plop, into the center of the pool. In his hiding-place Odysseus was speechless with amazement. But Polites leaped forward into the clearing and called out angrily, Why didn't you come and tell us about all this? Did you want to keep it all to yourselves? The idle soldiers grinned and waved their hands. The dark-skinned strangers smiled, too, and hurried to bring a bowl of fruit to the newcomers. But Odysseus, who was quick of hand, but quicker still of wit, took the bowl and held it in the crook of his arm, untasted. Stir yourselves, men! We've got a long day's rowing ahead of us! A disheveled soldier flapped one hand at Odysseus. What? Leave our friends here?